Hi, I'm Mark Schroeder and welcome to my podcast. I'm a Christian who's convinced that the Bible is true and actually is the best way to get to know God, the one who has saved us in Jesus. This podcast is a collection of Bible bits and pieces, Bible talks that I've given in all kinds of contexts. You see, I'm an ordained Anglican minister working in Sydney, Australia as a college chaplain. My main role is to teach the Bible in a Peter 12 Anglican school. But also from time to time, I preach in church, I speak at youth groups, or I teach the Bible at other youth events. I hope that this podcast is a great way of you getting to know God a little bit better and helping you to figure out what it means to live for Him because of the saving work of Jesus Christ. Hey, welcome back. Uh, so this next talk is on 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 1 to 9. Um, it's uh, one of a few talks that I gave to staff um, in our PD week uh, before students arrive back. Um, and uh, yeah, so we spend some time each morning just reading the Bible together and applying it um, for uh, our context here at this school. Uh, this talk is all about chapter 1, verses 1 to 9, and Peter begins by greeting the scattered Christians uh, in Asia Minor, and he uh, wants them to remember the saving work of God so that they might stand fast in it, even in the midst of great trials and suffering. I hope this is encouraging to you, and um, I hope you enjoy it. Uh, feel free to um, uh, get in touch uh, via Twitter or via the voice messages uh, in the Anchor app as well. Uh, the link for that uh, is in the description of this audio. Um, yeah, enjoy. Uh, have you ever been uh, travelling and you took those little travelling guides? Do you know what I'm talking about? You know the Lonely Planet travelling guides? How many of you have? You've used those? How many of you love those things? If you love them, love them. How many of you hate them? Yeah. The head of humanity has put his hand up. That's really interesting. Uh, I love them. I, I love them. I, I remember when we were in Viet, uh, Vietnam, my wife and I were driving along, and um, I'm looking out the window going, I have no idea what I'm looking at. Um, we're in this little car, just the two of us, and looking out the window, I'm thinking, what, what are these things around me? I want to know. We've got no tour guide. And so I whip out the lonely guide, planet guide trip, traveler's guide to Vietnam, and I'm flicking through and looking at it, and I, I look and I go, huh. And Nicole's like, what? And I said, did you know? And I start to read. And her eyes slowly go backwards in her head. And she just goes up and goes, oh my goodness, you are such a nerd. But I love those books because they actually just tell you a little bit about what is life like in this city or in this country or in this town that you're traveling through. It gives you some good information and it helps you to enjoy your holiday, right? To keep on traveling well um, in the time that you've got as you spend that moment um, in that foreign country or wherever you are. Well, today as we look at 1 Peter, I want you to think of this book as a little bit like a traveller's guide for Christians. It's a book that Peter wrote originally to a group of Gentile converts, people who he describes in other parts of 1 Peter as those who have been saved from the empty way of life. He actually gets right into it and he says those who were saved from a past life full of debauchery and lust and drunkenness and orgies and carousing and detestable idols. These were not Jewish people. These guys were Gentiles who had been saved because of the saving work of God in them. These are people who are now saved 
but nevertheless who are now facing trials of many kinds. They were facing great difficulties. And so Peter writes to them and he wants them to remember God's grace that is at work in them and he wants them to stand fast in this saving grace of God. How appropriate for us, right? Don't you think? For here we are living in a trying age. Here we are living in this world as Christians, in a world that is now called post-Christian. In a world that is now no longer Christian, but in a world that is secular. We are people living for Jesus in a world that despises Jesus. In many ways, we Christians are the heretics of this age. Think about it for a moment. The good things that we stand for in this world because of standing with Jesus are actually considered immoral by our secular world, are actually considered unjust, actually considered unkind. So how is it that we Christians should live? How do we live in such a time like this, this time of exile and difficulty? Well, Peter's going to tell us. But before Peter begins, he calls for praise for God's people. He calls God's people to praise God as they remember what God has done in his great mercy for them, in what God has given them. For as they remember what God has given them, so they will endure in their Christian life. So as we begin, uh, he calls for praise. What a great place to begin for us as we begin this second half of 2019. So uh, let's have a look at 1 Peter um, chapter 1, verses 1 to 9. I hope as well that this will be a bit of a primer for us as we engage with Sam Chan on Friday um, as he talks to us about sharing the gospel in a secular world. So let's read. Chapter 1, verse 1. Peter, an apostle of Christ Jesus, to God's elect, exiles scattered throughout the provinces of Pontus, Galatia, Cappadocia, Asia and Bithynia, who have been chosen according to the foreknowledge of God the Father through the sanctifying work of the Spirit to be obedient to Jesus Christ and sprinkled with his blood. Grace and peace be yours in abundance. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In his great mercy, he has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead and into an inheritance that can never perish, spoil or fade. This inheritance is kept in heaven for you who through faith are shielded by God's power until the coming of the salvation that is ready to be revealed in the last time. In all this you greatly rejoice, though now for a little while you may have had to suffer grief in all kinds of trials. These have come so that the proven genuineness of your faith of greater worth than gold, which perishes even though refined by fire, may result in praise, glory and honour when Jesus Christ is revealed. Though you have not seen him, you love him. And even though you do not see him now, you believe in him and are filled with an inexpressible and glorious joy. For you are receiving the end result of your faith, the salvation of your souls. Here's Peter, an apostle of Jesus Christ, living in Rome under Emperor Nero, one of the original twelve, the first one to confess Jesus as Christ, the son of the living God in Matthew 16. And Peter writes now 
this apostle who has seen Jesus, writes to God's elect. These people who have been chosen by God but are now scattered throughout all of Asia Minor, now Turkey, right? And he writes to these people who have been chosen intentionally by God, who through the Spirit have come to know God and who are called to obedience in Jesus. To these people who are sprinkled by Jesus' blood. That's a gross picture, isn't it, to have in your head? But as he says that, sprinkled by Jesus' blood, you should be thinking about Exodus 24 where God's people have just been saved from Egypt. They're at the bottom of Mount Sinai and Moses gets the blood of the new covenant and he sprinkles some of it on the altar and he sprinkles the rest of it on the people. And it's a marker for these people to say that you now belong to God. And so for these Christians here, Peter is saying that you have been sprinkled by Jesus' blood and so now you have been selected by God to be his. You belong to him. And what is the first thing that Peter says to these elected Christians? He says, grace and peace be yours in abundance. What a great greeting, isn't it? It's short, but it's mighty. What a blessing for people who are facing trials, who are facing all kinds of difficulties, for Peter to wish for them, to wish inverted commas for them, to hope in them grace and peace in abundance Surely that's the best thing that they need, isn't it? This is the thing that they really need in this time of difficulty. It's the peace that comes from the cross of Christ. As I read that, I can't help but stop and think for a moment about what is it that I want when things are hard? Or what it is, what it ought to be, is the peace that comes from the cross of Christ. What is it that I hope for, for young people around me? What is it that I want for my children, for my wife, for my friends, for my colleagues? Well, it ought to be grace and peace be yours in abundance. To really know the cross of Christ and for it to give you peace. Well, Peter moves on from his initial greeting in verse 3 and he begins by calling them to praise. Have a look at that verse there. He says, Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Peter begins by calling them to rejoice in God. But notice the exclamation mark at the end of that sentence. I was reading with my son last night. Uh, He was reading to me and he got to the end of the sentence and it had an exclamation mark and he didn't read the exclamation mark. And I said, do you remember what that thing does? He goes, oh yeah. And he he read, you're not my mum. Like this, this was a sentence about a monkey finding his mum and whatever, you know, kindergarten books. Uh, You're not my mum. And he read the exclamation mark. There's the exclamation mark here because Peter wants these people to praise the God and Father of their Lord Jesus Christ. And this is exciting. Cause of great exclamation. If only we would read the Bible with the correct expression. Well, God is due praise because in verse 3, he, in his great mercy, he has given us what? New birth. Here it is, the work of God. The work that he has done by his mercy as God's people, we now live through, verse 3, the resurrection of Jesus. God has given new life, not only to Jesus when Jesus rose from the dead, but of course also to us. God fathers us by the resurrection of his son Jesus. For when Jesus rose, so we also rose 
And so Peter says, praise be the God of our salvation. He has done the work that we could never do, so praise him. Notice though that we have this life today, but we also have an inheritance to come. An enduring inheritance, he talks about in verse 4. Have a look. An inheritance that will never perish, spoil or fade. As I read that, I thought about the Broughton Khaki uniform. You know how it perishes and spoils and fades? You know those kids that come to school and they've got old shorts but a brand new shirt or around the other way and it's that two-tone? It's really nice, isn't it, Don? (laughs) (laughs) That's not the reality that we're facing with our inheritance. Our inheritance is not something that is going to perish, spoil or fade. It is sure. Nothing can happen to it. It's unchangeable, unable to be destroyed and defiled or dried up. Those words um, of perish, spoil and fade, uh, Peter's picking up ideas about land. God's people, when they were originally called in the Old Testament, were called to belong to him and then they were ushered into a new land, weren't they? But we as God's people, we are ushered into not an earthly land, but an eternal land with God. A land that can never perish, spoil or fade, it can't be destroyed, it can't be defiled, it can't be dried up, it can't be taken away. It's enduring. And verse 4, it is kept in heaven for us, for us God's people who are, verse 5, shielded by God's power until salvation is fully and finally revealed. I love that, shielded by God's power. For while our salvation is kept for us, so God is with us, so God protects us. It's literally, we are kept under guard. Or even protective custody. (laughs) We're under God's protective custody. Isn't that cool? Notice in this section that salvation is all of God's work. It's not our work. It's all of the things that he has done. He alone is our saviour. He alone is therefore to be praised. And so reflection on what God has done ought to, verse 6, fill with great rejoicing. Even though we may suffer grief and trials of all kinds. You see, God has saved and so his people have great hope in the midst of trials. Trials which, in verse 7, actually prove faith genuine. Trials which strengthen, purify and stress test faith like gold in a fire. Trials that bolster faith so that praise, glory and honour would pour forth when Jesus is revealed. Although God's scattered people suffer, they still greatly rejoice, don't they? And these guys, unlike Peter, who saw Jesus, who walked with Jesus, these scattered Christians, verse 8, although they have not even seen Jesus, they still love him. Even though they don't actually see him in this day, they are still filled with glorious joy. Why? Verse 9, for they are receiving the end result of their faith, the salvation of their souls. You see, being saved by God, yes, it has happened when Jesus died, but it is happening today. You are being saved this very day by the work of Jesus. But it will also happen again in the future when Jesus finally returns. And so, praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. For we are his people and we are saved to belong to him. Do you remember when you got that English book? Mrs. Lisk, are you here? 
Um, oh. Did you ever get those English books as a student, maybe as a university student, and you're asked to read it, but you didn't really want to? So what did you do? You read chapter one and maybe chapter two. You might read the last chapter and another chapter just before the very end. You might read the blurb and then fill in the gaps. Did anyone ever do that? I never did that. <laughs> never. Uh, it's cheating, uh, and we probably shouldn't do it. Uh, but when it comes to 1 Peter, it actually works. So in 1 Peter chapter 1, we've got this great introduction where Peter begins by calling for God's people to praise God since they have been saved. He reminds them of the wonderful gospel that is at work in them, right? That's what we've just read. But flick over now to chapter 5 verse 12 and see the purpose for why he has written. He says, With the help of Silas, whom I regard as a faithful brother, I have written to you briefly, encouraging you and testifying that this is the true grace of God. That's what we've just read about, right? The true grace of God that is at work in us to save us. And then he says four simple words. Stand fast in it. And this is the key for living in a secular world. A world of grief and suffering, a world of refining fire. Remember that God has made you his. And so praise God for his saving work. But then stand fast in it, Peter says. So personally, I hope that you're encouraged to remember God's saving work in you. His work to save you in Jesus, by the Spirit. God has saved you, remember? This is what you first believed. So today, praise God and really live in the resurrection of Jesus. And then continue to live in it. Stand fast in it all of your days until Jesus Christ finally returns and your salvation is completely revealed. So I wonder this morning as your feet hit the ground, was the praise of God on your lips? As you walk with your family, as you walk with your friends, do you praise the Lord for your salvation that you have? As you meet with your Christian brothers and sisters, is the good work of God readily coming out in conversation or is it all too easily just talking about other things of this world? You have been saved, and so praise God. But also discover more about your salvation. Don't think that you know it all, but even if you've been a Christian for 45 years. Discover more about your salvation in Jesus. Get into your Bible. Get to your church. Gather together with other Christians in your growth groups. Get involved with ministry in your church. Help others to engage with the gospel of Jesus Christ so that they might know of God and they might stand fast in the salvation that is him alone too. But then also here at Broughton, what is our motto? Sorry? Life through Christ. Our motto is life through Christ. And so therefore, unfortunately, I believe that there are challenging times ahead for schools with mottos like ours. As much as we hate to say it, I think our freedoms are probably going to change. We may in fact face grief in all kinds of trials. But nevertheless, we still have and we will always have, no matter what, new birth and an enduring inheritance. And we are always shielded by God's power. And this ought to motivate us to open our mouths, to speak of salvation in Jesus, to speak of Jesus to your classes, to the parents that come through the school to one another, to any tradie that is building the new high-rise building at Broughton College. No matter what happens, speak of Jesus. Let's pray today 
that we would remember the salvation that we have in the Lord Jesus Christ and that we would stand fast in it. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for your great mercy. We thank you that through your work in us that we are saved to be yours. Lord, we thank you for the enduring inheritance that we have through Jesus Christ. Lord, today we pray that you would remind us of your work in us to save us. We pray that you would motivate us for maturity in our faith. And Lord, we also pray that you would help us to stand firm in the salvation that we have received and to not give up, but to continue. Our Lord, today as we gather together, uh, as we begin another term of work together, uh, please motivate us for good work. Uh, help us to think carefully, uh, to be clear-minded, to think strategically, uh, so that Broughton will always be a place that proclaims Jesus Christ as Lord, so that people will always be able to come here and know who is their Creator and who is their King and who is their Saviour. Uh, Lord, help us to have a good day today. Uh, in Jesus' name we pray these things. Amen. Thanks for listening to my podcast. Uh, I hope that was an encouraging opportunity for you to learn something more from God's word about how he has loved us and how he has saved us and who he calls us to be in Jesus. Feel free to get in contact with me via Twitter at MRK underscore Schroeder.